You're listening to The Pedestal from Mike on Much. Presented by Much Studios. All right, right, Krusty, Krusty, we're we're ready ready to roll. roll. (laughs) (laughs) We were on that? (laughs) We were? This is The Pedestal. (laughs) That's how you start a podcast. Today on this episode of The Pedestal, we are doing the movie, the comic classic, Airplane from 1980. Uh, It was the fourth highest grossing film of that year. Uh, starting backwards from five to one. I mean, I feel like this is the oldest movie aside from uh, Goldfinger that yeah. we uh, we've reviewed or we've you know decided to see if it stays on the pedestal. And I don't really like. It was funny when I was looking at this list of the highest grossing films of 1980 domestically. And uh, yeah, there's a lot that I did not recognize. 1980. 1980. What are the top? So I know not, by the way, we're not doing introductions in this one. Or are we going past introductions because we're we feel we everyone has, has listened at this point. So pops is but, six foot. Five. No, no, no. That's not he's a men's member. I'm not asking for he's that. Super good looking and a mind reader because he predicted. Uh, I was going to say the crusty thing. Well, maybe you were. We my said mind. that in perfect unison. It was fantastic. Everyone knows who we are. Okay, cool. Yeah. Nah, I mean, hopefully by this, this point, podcast they do. is a hit, baby. It's a huge. Yeah. It's one of the biggest. Thank you to everyone that's been listening to it. Made it number one <laughs> on iTunes. Really means a lot. This is our ninth episode. Uh, but in all honesty, I actually just forgot to introduce who we were. Uh, and obviously, we missed out on mentioning that you are, in fact, a Mensa <laughs> well, member. I mean, I mean, if you have to say something. <laughs> uh, okay, so back to this film. I'll give you the fifth highest grossing film in North America of 1980. It's called Any Which Way You Can. Okay, Any fuck this. Way- Don't belabor it. Just tell us the top four. Any Which Way You Can? Starring Clint We're Eastwood. never going to get Any Which this. Way But Loose. It's the sequel to that. What? Yes. Okay. I didn't even know there was a sequel. <laughs> The number fourth uh, highest, the number four, the fourth highest grossing film of 1980 is Airplane with exclamation point. Okay. Third highest, Stir Crazy. It's a great movie. Starring with, uh, uh, Richard, Pryor Richard Pryor and, and Gene Wilder. Uh, yes. Uh, I know what no, I got to know what number one is. The, the second highest grossing is Nine to Five. <laughs> oh, Dolly the, Parton. Shane's got yeah, it. Yeah. 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 There you go. And There's only one that can be of 1980. Well, the famous uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Empire yeah. Strikes Back. Yeah. 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 Uh, Did we all enjoy uh, Nine to Five by Dolly Parton? The song. I, I mean, oh, the song. Oh, I barely I, remember the I movie. I love but it the song as a montage song. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, that's I a good used point. in a lot of comedies. I, I love it when that kicks in. Yeah, it's pretty great. So this film was an unmitigated success. Airplane. Uh, it was. <laughs> it made 130 million dollars on, and we all just watched this uh, last night, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, on a budget of any guesses out there? Thirty million. Um, no, not twenty that million. It can't be that much. I'm gonna say eight million. It made $130 million on a budget of $3.5 million. I was way off. That's a hit, baby. Jeez. Fuck. (laughs) No wonder they made a sequel. Okay. (laughs) And John, this actually made the, uh, it's on the top 100 films of all time in the AFI list. Uh, AFI's top, is it movies of all time or comedies of all time? Mike's the research guy. Sorry, I didn't know we were going to hit that. The okay. AFI, it's on it's on some major AFI list. It made a list, guys. Yeah. And that's why it's on a pedestal. <laughs> that's right. This film, I mean, all pod makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, us reviewing this, this is the uh what second straight up comedy we've done, aside from Dumb and Dumber. What's Third, an coming comedy? to America. Coming to America, yes, great. I said straight up comedy. Oh, there was a weird pause between straight and up. I thought you meant because it was involved dealing in the air. Yeah, it was my airplane pun. Was it? Nah, I, oh. I wish. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm, already, I'm already off my game. Edit that I, out and say it was 100% I forgot to do the intros and everything, man. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, I guess like we do as always to decide whether we want to keep this on the pedestal or knock it off the pedestal, uh, we're going to say, you know, what did we think of this when we first saw it? Now, of course, none of us were alive when this movie came out, so we would have seen it at some point either as kids or as teenagers, uh, but does anyone have a very strong or specific memory of what this film was like or what they saw when they were younger? Loved it. Thought it was hilarious. Couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was like, Finally, somebody gets me. <laughs> <laughs> was it a big film in your like young rotation? Was it in the rotation? Like, did I rewatch it a bunch? Yeah, like no. This was a movie like I think my parents rented, and mm-hmm. I was a, kind of allowed to watch it. And it was like, oh my god, I understand an adult film because obviously now watching it, the, a lot of the jokes are very sophomoric. But uh, yeah, it was, I don't use this word often, but I'll say it was kind of a revelation to young Shane. Wow. Johnny. Yeah. When I, w- when I was a kid, I, me and my cousins were allowed to watch a lot of movies that we probably shouldn't have been allowed to watch. So, then, so there was like all the National Lampoon movies. Deep and Throat. All, uh, Deep Throat. All the yeah. porns. No, yeah. uh, like, like, like Caddyshack and like all these like crazy, big, raunchy, R-rated comedies. And this was like huge in that rotation. And this one probably more than the other ones because the specifically the version that I watched was a version my dad had taped off TV. So I, I can remember the VHS tape written in pen airplane on it. And because it was a TV edit without like some of the more R-rated stuff in it, my mom mm-hmm. was kind of more okay with me watching this one over and over and over right. again. So I watched this one like by the time I was like 11, I had this like movie memorized. Have so, you seen Airplane 2? I have had now or at the time? Yeah, now. Yes. Okay. What were your first thoughts, Mike? This was not a, a big rotation movie for me. Uh, it's I kind of have like soft memories of it, like rotate, like there's things that happen in it, but nothing like stood out. And I don't know when I rewatched it last night. I didn't know how much I was remembering from my youth or just from popular culture and the zeitgeist and you know, don't call me Shirley and all those things that mm-hmm. just become a part of your sort of lexicon and knowledge through being a film fan. But when I think back to being a kid, the Naked Gun movies were way, like, those were in our rotation. That was, like, as far as this kind of humor, that was the one that, like, me and my brother would watch over and over again with our cousins and, like, die laughing. I think we kind of missed Airplane, and it never really came back around for us uh, anyway. Because Naked, uh, the movies you're mentioning, Naked Gun, wouldn't exist without Airplane. No, not at all. It's all the same people. Exactly. Same thing. So, like, when I think back to this style of humor and how much, like, watching it over and over again, it was that. Like, I saw Naked Gun 33 and a third, like, in theaters, you know, like. Did the Zucker brothers direct the Naked Gun films? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it was like David Zucker was probably listed, but it was. Then, it was like yeah. from the people that brought you yeah. airplane. This that- is always a mind blowing fact. So prepare to get your minds blown if you're listening <laughs> to this. But one of the Zucker brothers directed Ghost. And that was the only film he ever did that wasn't a comedy. Crazy. He got nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. All that shit. Yeah. I did not know that until you told me that. And Ghost does not hold up. I know that we're not putting that on a pedestal, but really? Go- side note. Movie. Hey, Whoopi Goldberg won an Oscar for that. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> it's- oh, I don't know. I like Ghost. Oh, anyways, watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Future episode. Yeah. How was Ray Allen in it? Was he all right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a throwback in uh, case you listen to a past pod, Space Jam. Uh, okay. So you guys both loved it. You grew up with it. I don't really have a relationship with it. My relationship is more, like I said, with Leslie Nielsen and the Naked Gun movies as far as this style of comedy. Um, I don't even really, I can't even picture me watching Airplane. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think I missed it and somehow it didn't end up in my VHS rotation. Well, my brain jumbled up. I forgot that Leslie Nielsen was in this movie mm. because there is another prominent gray-haired straight man comedy guy in it 
Lloyd Bridges or just the oh, pilot? Him too, but the right. pilot, Peter Graves. Yeah. Peter Graves. Robert yeah. Stacks. Peter Graves. Yeah. Robert Stacks. Um, okay, so the, the, you guys loved it as kids, like you said, Shane. You said for the first time in your life, you felt like someone got you, uh, Johnny. It was in One your heavy yeah. VHS Absolutely. rotation. Your yeah. dad taped it off TV. Yes. It said airplane and then do not erase Papa. Yes, Papa, right. Papa Papalus. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, okay, so uh, what are the reasons for keeping it on? The case for keeping it on the pedestal. What did we like? Best scene, best performance. We'll go through all of them. What did we like? Feel free to start, y'all. Hit it, Pops. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, it's it's just, it's it, it's one of the most rapid fire. That's the first thing I remember. I mean, I think that every time I see it, but again, I, I like watching these movies with this critical eye now. But it just is this it's relentless. relentless is yeah. exactly the word I was going to say. Like it, It's like by the time they have one joke out and you're laughing, there's already like two more, whether it's in dialogue or if it's like even if it's just them talking and getting exposition out, they're like throwing spears and dropping like watermelons on that just so you could just so there's always something happening. And whether it's like a really like well-crafted joke or if it's just ridiculously stupid or like. Yeah, Old, it's like, like everyone's favorite uncle got in a writer yeah. room and just threw shit against the wall, yeah. and they used everything. <laughs> All dad, yeah, they're like, yes, that one too, perfect, yeah. perfect, yes. It opens with the uh, the Jaws parody, mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting and funny in a weird way, just because I was like, Jaws joke off the top. I'm like. <laughs> it took three years to make the joke. Like, yeah. like think about now if you wanted to parody something popular. Like, Jaws came out in, like, 1977. That's a good point. And it's, yeah. like, the blockbuster. Yeah. And then it's, like, they open with this, like, Haha, we're we're making fun of Jaws. But it's, like, that was three years ago. Oh, yeah. Now it's the next day it's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just I thought that was funny. And I'm, like, oh, okay, they're going with a spoof. And, and one of the things, as it was kind of starting, knowing that it's one of those, like, rapid-fire joke-a-minute sort of movies. And I was, mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm ready for this. And, and I'm excited. I was like, okay, where's the next one? Where's the next one? And I didn't know when it was coming. And, and so the voices were going at the airport off the top. Don't tell me which zone is for stopping and which zone is for loading. Listen, buddy, don't start off with your white zone shit again. I like exploded laughing because <laughs> I don't even know if I didn't expect to hear a swear word. I guess I thought this movie was going to be softer, like mm -hmm. oh. more kid-like and almost right away. Well, fuck, there was an abortion joke, like yeah, literally right away. within the first five minutes. And my notes were shit. I was like, this movie is already going to be more edgy <laughs> than I expected. Mm -hmm. Those are the real people who did the uh, the voices at the L at LAX. They got oh, the actors, really? a real husband and wife team, and they really do the 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 announcements at LAX, and they really got them to redo that ridiculous piece of dialogue. I like that Man. commitment. Anything uh, else jump out to you guys as far as sort of what we liked about this I mean, film? The, uh, on top of it being like Uncle Joke, it's all like, I mean, it's all the other thing famous about this movie. It's all dramatic actors, and they specifically got dramatic actors because the deadpanery, if that's a word, it's of a word. this movie, it's a word, is, is really the best part. Like, It's how, a great point. It's not like everyone, no one's mugging, no one's throwing out big jokes. Everyone's, like, every line is delivered completely straight, no matter how stupid it is. And that deadpan stuff is what, that's like my wheelhouse. I love it. Well, it, it established sort of like a, a way of doing that comedy. I don't think it works if people are yucking it up and running around like a Mel Brooks film. I think it actually really only works. It's a good comparison. Because these guys are like acting the exact same way they would act in a drama they shot in the 70s or like a, a you know an episode of television that was a, a drama series i feel like they give the same delivery in a weird way which gives it weight were you guys thinking the main guy looked almost identical to tom welling the entire time 
like nobody the, the does Superman. look like Tom yeah. Welling. It was identical. It was. I thought it was his dad. I, I, <laughs> I had to stop and like look that up. That's really. <laughs> That's funny. one thing I like though. <laughs> <laughs> On the pedestal, mm-hmm. um, I do. I do like that. I didn't thought about that, but like like the big comedy movies of the 70s were like Mel Brooks movies and there were like Monty Python movies and there was like Animal House and National Lampoon and those movies were like playing like to the back of the room and this movie very even though there is big jokes it is like it's I don't know is there another movie before Airplane that plays deadpan jokes so perfectly I don't know. I, I mean, can't think of one. This is definitely the first one that did it. And then, like, well. afterwards, a yeah. ton of them, right? Of like you said, Naked Gun and all those movies. Yeah, the format. Well, Police Squad was the TV show. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think that might have been the 70s, but again, it was the same Police people. Squad came right after, like, right after. Okay, this. there you yeah. go. So, I, yeah, I mean, so much about this movie for me worked, especially going in with kind of a clean slate, expecting something a little more juvenile. It's not the movie isn't juvenile, but there were some hard hitting jokes in here and some. It was and, everything. Like, everything. They didn't give a shit. It was was fearless yeah in, in its joke and maybe at the time there was nothing to fear because that was just comedy you you could make but yeah nowadays with the the temperature being so different i was like wow <laughs> and that was making me laugh sometimes more than the i joke. know that it was almost naughty to laugh well there and there was a lot of really fun innocent jokes like i that's kind of the weird thing about a movie like this is it's like you have this really silly stuff like i loved the gag where the boy was reading nun's life i love that that's my main one of my main jokes and because the nun surfing. is reading uh, she's reading boy's life yeah. and they're fishing and then it cuts <laughs> yeah. to the nun and she's reading or the cuts to the boy and he's reading nun's, nun's life, life and she's surfing she's on a surfboard <laughs> i fucking died laughing and i'm just like that's silly that was the first joke that really got me on board and and no pun intended (laughs) you caught that wave that could (laughs) like that could play today it's innocent it's fun it nails it 100 well it's why like 11 year old me despite there's a ton of jokes in here that would not register at all i'm sure it didn't register but they're they're like all when i was a kid all the johnny jokes those were like, like, have you ever seen a grown man naked? No, That's no, no. Like, oh. The the guy who's like, uh, hey, how about some coffee, Johnny? No, thanks. Like oh, those yeah, kind of yeah, little, yeah. like stupid little asides. Or what do you make of this? I can make a brooch. I can make a pterodactyl. Yeah, like that- for eleven year old me, that fucking slayed. So and so they have those, and they have like wordplay, like jokes, and they have like 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 it's. It can play to anybody. Yeah, like, you know, just when he's on the beach with her in the flashback and he's like, I'm getting deployed. We're bombing the storage depots at Daiquiri at 1,800 hours. We're coming in from the north, below their radar. When will you be back? I can't tell you that. It's classified. Just like the the carrot takes to set up, like, because I was like, okay, I know where this joke is going. He's giving everything away. But even though we've seen a million comments, I, for some reason, I didn't even, like, think that that turn was coming. Uh, the painting when he's, you know, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm hoping that whenever you guys listen to these podcasts, you've either seen these films. Yeah, or these makes sense. So when you're saying the painting, it's that ridiculous painting he was doing in the hospital. Yes. And which, then it turns out the guy was actually posing, posing for it. So it's like, I got the ridiculous painting. I didn't expect mm-hmm. that the guy would be posing when they're like, okay, man, like take five. They or didn't shoot that properly, though. Right. Did you notice the, that? The guy's like, yeah. leg, you know, I thought that even when I was a kid, the guy's leg is kind of behind but, his head. And weird. the angle of it is wrong. Anyway. Like, yeah. It, it you, the same for a thing. split second, I'm like, are they supposed to imply that that's it within the painting? Like, it was shot, it was shot wrong. But right, that was a, a solid gag. I, I appreciated thought. the effort. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because <laughs> I thought, I thought the gag was, oh, he's painting this absurd sort of moment of him in battle mm-hmm. that in his mind, which we talked about doing in like a recent thing that you and I were going to direct. Oh yeah, yeah. So it was like, oh shit, I'm like, well, I was lifting this from 1980. 
And then yes. I didn't expect the extra layer to come. Well, and the joke, like, you always hear this, and people always pawn it off as their own. But I'm assuming this is the first impetus of this joke when it's like he's saying he has a drinking problem and he yeah. can't drink. I've seen that joke. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I used to like it. Now I'm realizing it's always been from Airplane. Yeah. So how could anyone ever use that joke in like good? I have a drinking problem. They like do something weird. Yeah, he misses his mouth. Yeah. You know, like I guess. Well, that's the thing when we talk about these older movies. Like we can trace the found footage phenomenon to Blair Witch, which was obviously something mm -hmm. we talked about. Uh, but with like airplane and comedy, it's like you have to be like to me. It's like how many gags come out of something like that? We talked about Dumb and Dumber and how many we we felt came out of that movie. But it's like. Shit, like airplane really does feel like the godfather of well, like a certain like style. the Shirley joke is that's mm -hmm. like I, I've I've used like we did it in our little text group like that Shirley joke I've yeah. used a billion times sure a hundred percent Shirley you can't be serious I am serious and don't call me Shirley that's a very famous one though I feel like there's so many little nuggets in here that we're all stealing all the time that we don't even know yeah. we're stealing like this has more jokes probably than any film ever made. It has to. It feels like every scene, it feels like they've written it and then they've decided like, okay, how do we punch it up more? How do we punch it up more? Like when he's in like, it's even not even that that famous of a scene, but when they're driving in the in the car on their way to the airport and how they start adding in like they hit a bicyclist and now they're just putting like found footage of like a chariot race where it's like, okay, yeah. look, like how do we just keep amping this up over and over? It's like, it's almost like yeah. until it's almost too much like go as far as you, almost yeah. they're like go as far as you go as far as you can and then go further yeah and i think that the 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 um so the versatility of this film we talked about the deadpan sort of acting and playing it straight in such an absurd situation they also oscillate back to like broad slapstick comedy like when the flight attendant is uh singing the song on the guitar and then the little girl starts dying because she knocks mm -hmm. out the iv or whatever that is that's very broad you know like that is yeah. slapstick but it worked for me. I'm like, man, I'm like this Mike. It, it worked did. for me. It worked that oh scene worked boo. for me. That's no, on my <laughs> list of bad We'll get gags. there. We'll that get there. Actually we'll get there. my and least can, favorite yeah. scene. You can, I will defend it when we get there. I will defend it because I get oh. why you guys didn't like it, but I'll defend it when we get there. Uh I things I did enjoy is uh when he goes back to the flashback and all the flashbacks are way too long. But yeah. oh yeah, with one in, on with list. one in particular. But but I I couldn't help but laugh at how elaborate the dance scene was. Oh yeah, when he was like doing the polka and shit with the wires. And I was like juggling. So, oh, is he attached to wires? Yeah, because you I was could like, see him on the. On oh my okay, screen, he's yeah. like bouncing around. I I just thought that was very hilarious when he goes down into like that Russian thing with the legs. Yeah, yeah, I got to the point I was like, this is too long. Like this scene is like so dated. And then I'm like, all right, it's winning me over. And then I was just loving it. I remember thinking in that scene, I said it to my wife. I'm like, I bet you this is the joke that makes Shane laugh the most. Is, is when he goes, I had to turn to the guy and ask him to pinch me to see if I was dreaming. And he just mouths pinch me and the guy just looks at I loved it because in my mind I'm like, they're gonna do a cheesy joke where the the guy pinches him on the butt and's like, I'm gay. Right. But Instead, he did the exact opposite and just slinks like, away. That's a weird thing. To say. <laughs> that was a great joke. Yeah. yeah. So and it's just like it's I mean, just sli just slipping in every ten seconds. It's unbelievable the amount of jokes in this movie. Yeah. And like there was some cool filmmaking. Like the scene where Robert Stack gets introduced and he's in the mirror. Oh yeah. And you think he's looking in the mirror. And you think and then the he joke is about it. the guy oh, being right, right, right. mauled yeah, by yeah. the dog. Oh, just it's layered. Exactly. Like every joke is layered like a million times. Why was the guy mauled by the dog? Am I missing something? No. Okay, good. Just nonsense. That was nonsense. On my <laughs> not liking list also. Just nonsense. I want to make sure <laughs> I'm not. But I will say, and I'm sure we'll get into the but the idea is 
I'm sure that they'll be even fine if there's a bunch we don't like. It's just we're going to throw everything at you and not everything is going to stick. And that's mm-hmm. to them. I bet you they'd be like, that's fine to, to the Zucker brothers and to Jimmy. Well, Abraham. they were doing something that had never really been yeah. done before. Yeah. Edgy, but kind of funny again, like stuff that I don't know if it happened much before, but like he offers the old lady a drink. She turns down the drink. Like she's a prude. And then she starts doing lines of Coke. Oh yeah. yeah you yeah. know, like things like that work. having the woman, old woman speak jive. Like, Oh my goodness. It's, like it's just leave it to beaver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> What's the, her name? Jan or something? Uh, June Cleaver in the in the show. I don't know. Her yeah, real right, name. right. Um, yeah, I thought that, and we've seen kind of a variation of this gag. But when Robert stacks, like, uh, I got to build up his confidence, and he gets him on the thing, and then he's like, "You ever flown a motor engine plane before?" No, never. Shit, this is a goddamn waste of time. There's no way you can land this plane. He's like, "Oh <laughs> shit, that's it." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still the yeah. mic is still live, and just their reactions to Robert it. Stack is fucking hilarious. In this awesome. Oh yeah, so like funny. I only know him from Unsolved Mysteries yes. in this film, <laughs> and he murders this movie. Oh, yeah. That yeah. last oh, part where he's like still he's going me. on and on. He's like, have you ever been knocked to the ground and kicked in the head with, with an, an iron boot? boot? No, of course you haven't. <laughs> no one no ever one has. has. Forget about it. <laughs> that part is great. He's great in that. I Actually, early on too, one thing I actually only caught at the very end is because I was distracted by the... So when the pilot, uh, the main pilot is, is Robert Graves. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, yes. Is looking at the... Uh, Peter Graves. Peter Graves, sorry. Is looking at the nudie magazines. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was distracted by the nudie magazine because like, okay, I was kind of figuring out what the level this movie was going to be at as far as like R uh, rated. And then I noticed that they were labeled whacking material. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Did you catch that? No. It was no. like the magazines whacking, were yes. labeled like nature, this, and then under the porn magazine, it said whacking material. Wow. Yeah. A- anyway, like stuff like that was sprinkled all through it. Like you guys said, a joke a minute. It's like somebody got somebody's uncle or dad right. in there for the jokes. Well, the, just... the, I don't. I, uh, the, I I sent you guys this video about zero hour mm-hmm. because I feel like it's super relevant in that the the deepest cut of this joke is that this movie is almost like a word for word remake of this old 1950s movie called like Zero Hour. So it's one of those things that's like it's super inside to them. Where if you watch that huge swaths of that movie and, and zero hour and airplane back to back almost every serious line is lifted yeah. right out of zero hour to the point that they bought that screenplay just so they wouldn't get sued interesting for the even though they could have uh gotten away with parody law it was yes. only 2500 to buy the script they, yeah the point is they didn't want to parry it the point is that the, the, it's it is meant to them they probably thought it was fucking hysterical to actually remake some old obscure that no one had like remembered at all like 50s movie so anytime they're, they're like not only do we have to find someone who can fly this plane but someone who didn't eat fish for dinner like that's a line directly from zero hour <laughs> and so this de- the dead pannery comes out of an actual script that is super yeah. duper serious i don't know just, i think it's brilliance this level of brilliance underneath they they pull laughs out of stuff that Again, like seems so rudimentary now, but you know, with the inflatable pilot, like the blowjob joke, just oh, yeah. the stupid look on the fucking inflatable thing's face, and the it's pilot's like bopping face, up and down. That, that. that was how they made that thing move was pretty good too. I was wondering, like, do they have a person in there? Like, it moved so well. Like, yeah. that must have been a nightmare to shoot. Oh man, yeah. And, oh, I love um, when Leslie Nielsen keeps coming in at the end. Is the plane's definitely yes! going down? <laughs> <laughs> what does he say? I just want to tell you both. Good luck. Yeah, we're all counting on you. Yeah, <laughs> but he says it as like the yeah. planes like landed and like when they're yeah. in total. Duress. And that line is from 
zero hour. Like he says, the doctor comes in and says that, and the idea is to parody it. What if we just have them keep coming in right. and saying it over and over, even when the entire thing is over? That's the best one. When it's over and they're done and it's landed, they're hugging. I just want to tell you both, good luck. We're all counting on you. When, when the uh, the second flight attendant, uh, the blonde woman, when they're like, you shouldn't stay in the cockpit. It's too dangerous here. And she goes out and the door <laughs> shuts. And then they just have the sound effect of her clearly getting clobbered or falling over. <laughs> just, I didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. my goodness. It's too dangerous. You shouldn't stay in the cockpit. She leaves the door shuts and she clearly like has an accident outside right. the door. Little there was like so that. much happening yeah. at all times, you could miss 200 jokes easily. Yeah. yeah. This. It, was, uh, it was very funny. What do we think was the best scene? I mean, the Kareem scene for me. Like, wow. Big time. I know you. You're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You played basketball for the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm sorry, son, but you must have me confused with someone else. My name is Roger Murdoch. I'm the co-pilot. We haven't talked about it. We but, haven't uh, talked about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I thought, to me, that scene slays me every I saw you Instagramming that, and time. I did not like it. Well, <laughs> sorry, but I love that scene. Mm. Hey, you're Kareem abdul It's just that when you first watch it, you're, you're in your head. You're like, that's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and you see it happen in movies all the time. And then some character in the movie just calls him out. And then in the scene, he starts like yelling at the kid about like his performance. Oh, I loved it. I love it. Every time it makes me laugh. <sighs> okay. I have, geez, I love the end with the Robert Stack joke, <laughs> Iron Boot. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I guess we're just picking our favorite gag at this point. I guess maybe yeah, more. There so is than no scene. real. Those scene. are two different. Th- see, I like like because favorite joke because there's so many jokes, right? Is yeah. there a scene? Is there like a scene to you that is a complete scene? Is your favorite section of the movie? Okay, yeah, I love the scene when uh, he he's dancing when it yeah, goes back Saturday to the flashback. Night Fever. Yeah. And that that whole scene, I thought, was done very well. And mm-hmm. throwing his jacket, funny. throws it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, the best scene was definitely where the little girl was dying. I oh think. God. no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are you guys are out on that one. Jesus, I got jumped on that. Uh, maybe this is a joke and not a scene, but for me, it's a scene when when Robert Stack finally arrives at the the, the airport and the headquarters, and he's supposed to talk uh, the 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 protagonist through it. Just him still being on the mic and like basically having no faith in the pilot being, ah, shit. Like he'll never be able to get through it. To me, I just laugh so hard and I'm like, we've seen a variation of staying on the line. There's an old Larry Sanders uh, episode where they have William Shatner on the phone and he's going to be on the Larry Sanders show. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) they're like, all right, Bill, thanks. We can't wait to see you. And then they hang up the phone and they all start making Klingon jokes and shit and making fun of Bill Shatner. He's like... (laughs) I'm uh I'm still here, guys. Yeah, you know, oh, just good those gags are 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 so good. Everything comes from this film. Yeah. yeah, and that scene made me laugh very fucking Isn't hard. Isn't it crazy last that night. all the inside airport stuff doesn't even like show up until halfway through the movie? I kind of forgot that that like you don't see like, bridges and you don't see yeah. any of those guys until like literally halfway through the movie. I love Lloyd Bridges. In this movie, too. Oh, yeah. And I love the, the gag of, uh, I picked the wrong day to stop sniffing glue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, coming, they're coming right for Like, he died. Like, that's the, I'm like, that's it for the movie. He jumps like, out the window. Smoking, drinking, glue, amphetamines. Yeah, oh, amphetamines. Man. Oh, yeah. Those are classic. Well, Maybe so those are my- it's funny that they even needed 
<laughs> like they, they still committed to plot. Like there needed to be tension and the plane needs to be saved. And so you yeah. have this whole, you know, crisis going on on the ground where they're trying to talk them through it. Like there were times where right, I'm like, I, just, I almost appreciate that they're still sticking to this fucking plot. Cause really it's all a vehicle for, it's a joke <laughs> course, machine. Yeah. You know? Well, do you know what? I think they started with a plot and then they just stuck a million fucking jokes to it. And they're like, Oh, here's the structure. But the part I thought you would be Instagramming Mike, yeah. cause, uh, I tend to think you like flatulence humor is <laughs> is when they're describing the symptoms that will yep. go down if you've eaten the fish and having that dignified man act them all out and yep. like extreme flatulence and he starts yeah. farting. I was like, this is going to be on Mike's Instagram. I, and then I was disappointed. It, it crossed my mind and I did have a note that said farting will always be funny. Yeah. Because it made me laugh and I enjoyed it. Uh, okay, best performance in this film. It's a very hard one. Leslie Nielsen, for me, like, for sure. <laughs> yeah, he kind of Every steals single thing he says makes me laugh. Yeah, you're right. Me and my brothers, the, uh, what were they serving for dinner? There's a choice, steak or fish? Oh, yes, I remember. I had the lasagna. Like, yeah. that's like a absolute classic in our household. Everything he says makes me laugh. They also, in this film, had a main go-to, which was misunderstand, misinterpreting how people were saying something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it literally didn't, I think, I didn't count, but it probably happened nine times, where it was, yeah. I, I, I can't actually think of an example. I they found one good down. ways to do it. Always. You haven't heard before. Constant. All yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. All of Those that. switcheroos, I feel like we all employ for, like, mm -hmm. jokes at bars. Yes. I've been doing that shits literally since I was, like, a teenager. Because then you catch people because they're not expecting that. The way you hear people say words and jumping on it, I I, I don't know. Is this the first time they kind of started using those things like or deploying them in that sort of obvious yeah, they way? they used every one. They definitely popularized it if they yeah. weren't the first. Who you got for performance, Shaney? See, it's it's like the, it's so obviously Leslie Nielsen that you almost want to say someone else. Like, I want to say Robert Stack because yeah. he really had me cracking up or uh, Lloyd Bridges. But it was... Leslie Nielsen. Like, he, there's a reason why when you say Naked yeah. Gun came out, there's a reason exactly. why, like, of all these people, he was the one that went on to become like a yeah, comedy he's like, the legend. Timberlake of this yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. The Timberlake <laughs> of this movie. He came out of in sync uh, the right way. I uh, I think it was the girl who was dying on the gurney as the yeah. music was <laughs> Talk about a, ja a joke being beaten. <laughs> In honor of airplane, uh, I'm going back to the well. Um, now it's funny. That's the that's the yeah, tell the joke enough you times that it yes. becomes funny. You do it so many times. Okay, so I actually agree with you guys, Leslie Nielsen. But it, yeah. I, I not even to be a contrarian. I almost said stack just because. Mm -hmm. Man, the minute he shows up in that movie, like I want to watch him nonstop. Well, it's an embarrassment of funny, dignified that men. Sunglasses gag. That to yeah. me is it's like a rewindable. You could watch yeah. it, like take it off. And I almost wanted one more pair underneath. I know. Just, yeah. I know. <laughs> like you really just, funny like, little really ones. Small. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like <laughs> tanning, like just single eyes. <laughs> all right, so those are all reasons for uh, keeping it on the pedestal. Obviously, we all laughed a lot. We enjoyed this film. Uh, but the point of this podcast is to maybe uh, find reasons that this movie is flawed, that it doesn't deserve to be sort of named in the uh, hall of greats when it comes to comedy. So now we're going to go to reasons for knocking it off the pedestal. So what is aged badly? What was bad even then? And uh, what are its flaws? And we want to start. Well... I'll start, this is kind of unconventional, but I'll start with something that probably has aged badly, but I couldn't help devilishly enjoying it. And are, you know what I'm going to say? Are you going to say Jive Talk? No, Jive Talk, I'm like, is cool compared to this. Oh, one. I know where you're going with this. The basketball scene. I was patient with them and they were eager to learn. They seem to enjoy themselves. The whole flashback, the whole Africa flashback, I think. Yeah. Top yeah. to like, bottom. So I'm like <laughs> cringing, hiding, 
butt laughing and it was like this guilt thing where I'm like, I did I didn't know how to feel. I don't know how people will feel me saying that I was laughing. Like I mean, you're allowed to I mean Well, no, the, no, here's the thing. The the movie relied a lot. I had a thought about this, actually, a larger thought, but the movie relied a lot on stereotypes because when they were, you know, uh, spreading the word about the plane going down around the world, there was a lot of stereotypes of the, as it went to different places like China or Africa or yeah. whatever. They had the basketball scene that you just mentioned, Shane. And I was wondering, God, this movie was so famous and popular and so many <laughs> kids saw it in North America. Obviously, stereotypes existed before then and we were always going to laugh at stereotypes. But do movies like that almost create the way that we laugh at those stereotypes? Like, is it funny because it exists or is it funny because it was created? Well, I, I, I don't know, but it, like what it, there is a stereotype that white guys aren't as good as black as a basketball. If you look at the NBA, which is the highest form, you might say that it has a higher black ratio than white. Uh, it, well, it definitely does, but that'd be accurate. <laughs> what, what made me really laugh too on this was not only the stereotype that black guys were good, it was just when he was trying to teach them, and the white guy takes this horrible <laughs> shot and it just nailed the backboard. It's so funny. And, like, and before not... he knows it, these guys have mastered the sport reverse dunks. And yeah. it's like the joke in The Simpsons where uh, they're making fun of comedians who make fun of stereotypes, and it's like white guys drive like this, <laughs> and black guys drive like this. I, I laugh at that, yep, but you know, am I laughing at that? They're making fun of the stereotype or that it's so stupid or they're making fun of comedians. I don't know. And I went through that same thing watching this scene. It's like, what is making me laugh here? I don't know. And I'm not, I don't know if I'm comfortable with, with finding this funny, but I definitely know this is something that has aged badly in the sense that you could not do this today. I agree. Yeah. That scene aged very The poorly. whole, and it, it also, I also just think that whole Africa flashback is this the I always kind of forget that scene is in the movie like and there's I like the idea of showing like an African tribe and he's showing up and he's like giving them high fives and then she's teaching them Tupperware I'm like, oh, it kind of lifts right like if that if you just fast forwarded past that part you don't miss anything I agree there's no really big laughs it's just sort of silly and and, a pl and like the big part of the joke is look how funny it is watching these Africans do this stuff. That's sort of the mm -hmm. impetus of that joke, which is sort of like, eh, it's not, it's not funny. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I mean, I think it probably deserves deeper analysis, but all I know is watching it but was they, uncomfortable. They truck in, in like th those guys, like, like you say, they do would not shy away from like they have like the the Jewish American sports stars leaflet joke. Of course, yeah. But I'm just saying that. But I feel like they would say if you. Can, I thought that joke was funny. I thought it was that's I, that's I to on me one list. of the biggest laughs of the movie mm -hmm. for sure. I'm, what I'm trying to say is is that they will be like equal opportunity. They're like we'll just make fun of everyone. But that's what they would say. Sure, I'm not. That's everybody's defense. Yes, but it does seem like you're. It, the Africa scene feels like a punch down, like at. I agree. That's, that's the that's where it, how that one feels. Like. Well, the this jive is... talk stuff doesn't feel like a punch down. It actually feels like like how cool these guys are. It, it kind of goes the other way. Yeah, like the the Africa thing seems like a cheap, easy laugh, which yeah. is funny to say talking about a movie that has an inflatable pilot getting blown, <laughs> which I thoroughly laughed at. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but it's like it just felt hack or something you know like i was like so what's the gag anyway yeah. like black guys are good at basketball okay so it's funny you mentioned the jive talk scene i'm sorry i don't understand cuddy say can't hang oh stewardess i speak jive oh good literally my notes were jive talk seems like it should be on this list as far as things that didn't mm -hmm. age well 
I said, but she translated as golly is hilarious. Yeah. I go, it's deaf problematic and maybe uh, solidio- solidified stereotypes for generations. That's the thing I didn't, yeah. I don't know. I'm like, but the old lady sells the performance so well that I, I laughed. I laughed at the scene, but I'm like, this is the chicken and the egg thing I kept thinking about when I think about a movie as big and popular mm-hmm. as Airplane is I go like this whole like idea of like, jive talking black guys and like the whole pimp all this stuff now black exploitation films have been around since the 70s they could be like trading in that all that stuff and who created that culture and who creates the way that we consume it but it's like as far as like like my dad my uncle everybody has like a black guy jive voice joke like kind of thing whenever they're imitating right did we hear one that era i'm gonna stay away from it yeah (laughs) because i would like to age well uh so anyway i just again it was hard to watch it without thinking like if I was a black guy watching this, what would I think? Am I laughing? Am like, if I... this is like you like I keep going back to. I watched this when I was like eleven years old. Was it cool that eleven-year-old suburban white kid now? One of my first impressions of like black guys are like jive talking black guys. Like that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, like that's an immediate. No matter what, I am now going to everything will be sort of formed out of those stereotypes in movies like that. Potentially, and I don't but, know if that's right or wrong. Meaning, like I don't even know if that theory holds weight. But it, that's what I thought about when I was watching it. But but I laughed. It's funny. Yeah. And it's well constructed. And it took time to like create that whole language and then do the you know, it's like thought went into the bit mm-hmm. and work went into the bit. Well, they used to say like, oh, it like you don't over intellectualize a joke. Like if it's funny, it's funny and it works. Yep. Now that that mindset's kind of gone. It's like, well, actually, no, let's do things that are appropriate. And I don't know the answers, but I do know I did laugh at the one part, and that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I agree with it. But I, I just have a, a part yeah. that I'm wondering if maybe you guys can help me with, and this has always bothered me, even from when I was a little kid. Okay, the part when they're in the uh, control control room, like they're on ground, and all the guys are talking about a certain part, and then a spear hits the uh, wall, and then a watermelon falls on the table and smashes, and it makes no fucking sense. I think they talked about it on the commentary. Because what it is, that scene, like I was saying I remember before, watching the commentary 10 years ago. That scene is word, that is an absolute shot for shot, word for word, taken from zero hour. Yeah. So that is 100% that scene. So what scene. did it mean in Why zero hour? And the hit? joke is just trying to physically put absurd things into the scene just to show, look how absurdly melodramatic this is. And right. one of the guys said... That to that when they watched it like in theaters and those things happened and they didn't get big laughs to them was like one of the most devastating things. Yeah. But like a watermelon hits and no one really people laugh a little bit and they were like, oh, like we thought that was like poking because again, it's so inside yeah. that they're poking fun at a scene that no one knows. Mm. Like you I have remember to, that commentary. You have now. to know yeah. so much about this movie to even get those jokes. I thought they were I made me laugh. Because but it made me laugh just because of its non sequitur nonsense. Nonsense. And also, like, I'm not a huge fan of, like, it's just weird to be weird or there's not much thought or it's not funny. Like, when when he flicks the smoke, Robert Stack, out of the window and the explosion goes off and they both brace for it. Like, that's absurd and weird and just, like, a quick little gag. But it's, like, it makes sense sort of in the context of the type of Where guys are. these are. Oh, yeah. I think. Anyway, um, what did we all think of the pilot being a pedophile? You ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir. I've never been up in a plane before. You ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> Made me laugh. <laughs> I liked it, and and they they weren't they weren't super clear. And this might be I could be totally wrong, but they weren't super clear in saying he's definitely a pedophile. I think he just had weird questions. 
Originally, like, I swear to God, the original line was instead of "Have you ever seen a grown man naked?" was "Have you ever seen a grown man's cock?" Right. And they made him change it. So, but I think he's supposed to be a pedophile. Yeah. Really? They're, yeah. they're, they're, I think they're banking <laughs> the Turkish in that. prison. I liked. Like, have you ever they're been to Turkish prison? <laughs> Hang around. Well, when he specifically asked about the Romans, it's because Romans traveled with young boys. Like, he was a pedophile for Movies sure. Movies about gladiators. But I just started thinking, like that kind of humor. So there's like a, a infamous SNL sketch with Buck Henry as the uh, pedophile uncle. Like he has Gilda Radner sit down with him. I remember this. Yeah, it's like I I, I don't know. Like I don't know if it's like. Like I laughed at the scene with the, with mm-hmm. the pilot because I knew it was wrong, and I was just the audacity of it, and just the confidence with you know that's Shane. The, that's where it comes you from. You keep the audacity saying, like, of it, and and like he's a dignified pilot, and it's just mm-hmm. like everything about the scene was was uncomfortable. But again, because it was so outrageous, like I I laughed and I was like, I can't believe they went for this, or that and up it was to like this point, nothing had suggested that he is like this at all. That's like the yeah. best part. Well, that's kind of, I guess, the comedy is that. It's so great. This... It just comes out into, I like, do you have to imagine them sitting there writing and the, and the boy is sitting there and the, I'm like, and the writing must just be like, what's the most outrageous thing that this pilot could possibly say to this kid in this moment? And they just go with it. And I think it was a, a lot of it is just the tone in which he says it and that a pilot can almost get away with saying anything if they say it in that common that's a, yeah, pilot some, That's an interesting point. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're very smart. You're very good. I like I'm that. no Mensa member, but yeah. are you grooming Shane right now? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we're looking for. Anyways, uh, wow. So, uh, but we all agree he was a pedophile. That pilot. oh, hundred percent. Yeah, without question. Shane's still giving him. The yeah, I don't the know. Doubt. I don't know. I think he was saying maybe pedophilic things, but I don't think he's a pedophile. I think, I think he was trying thing... to test the waters to see if this kid was into they it. They never think... went back to it. It wasn't a reoccurring <laughs> thing. It was like the movie. Like... Well, he got diarrhea and had to leave the movie. Right. Yeah. If oh, that yeah. didn't happen. Ooh, that kid could have been in trouble. Um, um, so are we going to talk about this little girl dying that uh, oh, was not funny sorry. at all? That well, yeah, you well, why don't you? So here's what I like about the, the bit. So at that point in the movie, it comes along. She's like, oh, I'm going to go sing the girl's song to cheer her up. So already I'm kind of enjoying the construct because it's like they all play it so earnestly. Like it's out of something like this, you know, uh, What's 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 the the movie with uh, Julie Andrews and the Nazis? Sound of music. Yeah, or like any of those kind of old like those like night like a Brady Bunch episode or something where it's like let's go cheer up the girl that's like sick. And so she has the guitar and she sings the song and the song's so cheery. And I just felt like the performance, not of the little girl, but of the flight attendant, the blonde, just really committing and the mom like being enamored with it. You know, and then they cut to the cabin and everybody's singing along. And then the thing comes out and the girl starts dying, but they stay committed to the bit. I found it very funny, the idea of enjoying all that while somebody slowly sort of, you know. I know this is a silly film. Yep. But I do need for a joke to work. I need something to be believable. The little girl kills him. The little girl ruins it. And the mom would not be able to ignore the little girl flailing like that. Like I liked in the Saturday Night Fever sketch when the man is stabbed in the back and the woman is still dancing. That was kind of believable because the way he was flailing around kind of in some weird fake world, I could see like, yeah, that does look like dance moves. The way the girl was flailing, it's like she's in danger and there's no way the mom would ignore that. It was the most broad, it was the most broad slapstick bit and I just accepted it for the absurdity of the reality of that situation. I had just finished, I just recently read John Cleese's autobiography and he has a whole- He played that little girl. He did. He's that good. (laughs) He has a whole thing on exactly what you're talking about where they were in the, the Pythons, him in particular, was slavish to like internal logic within the scene. So sure. Even, so even if the scene 
scene, regardless of how ridiculous it is, if the scene, if, if what's happening, if there is no logic to it and it's just nonsense, then it will fall apart. And I think I think that's a good point. I didn't even realize, think that maybe the mom not paying attention kind of wrecks it, but it does. Yeah. Just that scene, I, just, I don't even like smile. I'm like, feels like I have to yeah, endure that scene. You just have to bear that scene. Yeah. yeah. So I tend to lean with you on that sort of stuff. I talk about it like as my spidey senses. Like if there's ever, mm-hmm. internal logic was a good way to put it, or John Cleese put it. But it's like, for some reason, because it was like they knew what they were doing in that scene, they committed to the bit, and it just—I laughed, and I and I thought it worked. I enjoy, I enjoyed the like I said, a scene like that can exist in the same movie as a scene where Leslie Nielsen's playing it straight, and it, it worked for me within the flow of the film. And that's what I'll say about that. Yeah. So fuck you guys. <laughs> um, anything else? Problem? Not problematic, oh. but basically didn't work for you guys. I mean, I don't know if it didn't work, but I will say that I would notice as like again i'm coming at it from someone who's watched it when i was a kid there's a certain like dustiness to a lot of these jokes like i, I don't i'm not a hundred percent sure how well they age like they do feel like sure like oh they do feel no, like older God, jokes yeah. like old You're man gonna jokes. Be rolling your eyes a lot in this movie yeah like if you if, if you have never seen this movie and i showed this to like a friend like you have to see this movie would they be like what it, like it feels like an old movie I think I think that this is one of like the worst ratios to laughs to non-laughs. Like I think there's three thousand jokes in this film, mm. and I think I I laughed pretty good at fifteen of them. So there is a ton That's of me like sitting there stone face, embarrassed for the film, and I did feel like I had an uncle who at a party I would have to maybe fake laugh my way through Thanksgiving or whatever. And I'd wonder, does it is it because the jokes? Don't hold up, or if at, like you say at the time, at the time were they so cringy bad that that I the think, same ratio? I think happened a lot of them were. I think a lot of them were very new, and I think if you're a kid, you're you're laughing at a lot. Of like course. that ratio you're talking about, Shane, as like a, a grown man is going to be different than as a twelve year old. Like you said, mm-hmm. the home run rate's probably closer to like eighty five percent or something. <laughs> yeah, and there's a re- it's comedy isn't necessarily like a a great song. Where you want to hear it again and again and yep. again. There's a reason comedians are secretive. They don't want cell phones out because it kind of ruins it. Well, like, what's comedy's biggest weapon? Surprise. Exactly. So I, I recognize that this is a, a, a revolutionary work, kind of, but it's, I was, since this has been stolen from and harvested, like I was fucking bored a lot of, for a lot of these jokes. Did uh, I thought none of the flashbacks work either? Uh, I did, mo- every most time we of left, the time, every time we left the plane, except for in the control tower, I was like, "Well, I'd agree with that." I feel like they're like because it, it's a it's a balls out comedy movie where now we have to focus on a relationship story that I could not have. Well, here's another elephant less. in the room. I think oh. the worst actor in this film was easily the lead, the protagonist, uh, the guy, yeah. yeah, yeah, Robert Hayes. So I thought Robert Hayes was like, it's all, you can I mean, see him acting, yeah, yeah, and he kind of suffers from like, like I don't know, like. I just, every time they left and went to a flashback, it was those two, and the leads weren't particularly compelling. They're she was a little better. by other actors. Yeah. yeah. She wasn't, her problem was she wasn't funny. Yeah, like I agree. She, anytime she delivered a joke, I never laughed. But she was a great, I mean. The cigarette after the blowjob, I thought she performed well. Yep, yep. Sit on my face and wriggle. That, that was good. <laughs> yeah. That was good. She was a I'll good, she was a good, but she played her part of being the straight person to allow a lot of, to, be, to seem like this normal person in this crazy world, which was, I, I, I didn't, I, I agree. I think he was a little too muggy, Robert Hayes, compared to how 
perfect like Lloyd Bridges and Lizzie Nielsen and how they played it so perfectly straight. Totally. That's that is was is the huge strength of the movie. What were your thoughts on coming out of the flashbacks uh for the <laughs> the suicide joke? Made me laugh every time. Mike? <laughs> they never made me laugh. But I remember thinking like, oh, I could see how this was probably funny back like you know like i think of like a mad magazine and cracked and it's like it's so bad they killed themselves like that was it's like a go-to sort of joke that is more silly than we're obviously in a way different era now with like let's talk and the insensitivities of it all but i necessarily didn't find it very funny that like you know when he's i guess it's funny that him telling this big love story and then it's the woman killed herself as opposed to listening to him prattle on about his fucking yeah lost love it's funny in theory, but it gets to your point about just staring at, at the, mm -hmm. the screen. That's a great thing you said, because my wife, who always watches these with me, said almost an identical thing about the entire movie, because she watched the whole thing, and she I don't think she laughed maybe like twice in the whole movie. And she said, I 100% understand that this is funny. And she's like, it is funny. It is a funny movie. It's just not making me laugh. Like, I'm just like, yeah. oh, that, that is funny. That is a funny, that is like that, like exactly your reaction to those to those suicides. Yeah. And speaking of things that didn't age well, and the one they have an Indian man yep. uh, pouring gasoline on himself, and yeah. they just got a white guy and painted him brown I and put a turban yeah. on what, Like, could they not find an Indian actor? I don't get why that's the go-to. All the racial stuff is is, is just hasn't aged well. And, mm -hmm. and, I, and, and yeah, it is. But even if you want to, like, racial stuff aside, just hire an Indian actor. Totally. Just have before, before watching this, I did a, a, a rewatch of Kentucky Fried Movie, their movie before mm. this one. And if you thought the racism in this was bad, Kentucky Fried Movie is much worse. <laughs> Significantly. Like, it's just, it is what they, like, it's the using, like you said, using stereotypes as a basis for a lot of jokes is something that they, those guys did a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, we already kind of covered this, but a plot in a movie like this is kind of unimportant. It's just a vehicle yeah. to deliver jokes. Yeah. But I, I still, like, I, f I found it funny, not necessarily in a good way, that they were so committed to their climax. And it's like, I did anyone give a fuck if the plane landed or not? No. No, no I didn't give a shit. <laughs> but I mean, I, but it's, it's a great vehicle to be able to keep of course. adding in jokes and adding in jokes and adding in jokes. One of the most elaborate, stupid jokes that I hated was uh, when the plane crashes through the um yeah. the terminal oh, the off the beginning that was a big set piece that was man. such a big set piece they went through so much and because the, the air traffic controller uh was directing someone else and the plane took it as a uh, direction for the plane and it was so elaborate and so unfunny and i was like they spent so much money on that joke get that huge thing yeah. crashing through i thought you were gonna say at the end when it's going through gate i mean there's so many jokes that it's a it's a hit and miss kind of joke movie like, i know i just particularly thought yeah. they they really committed to that huge set piece in that joke that, that stood out to work. me for the same reason where i was just like they, this cost a lot of money at that time because we all know it's coming yeah and then they had to spend a shit ton of money on that like two million of the three million dollar budget probably went to that <laughs> scene <laughs> <laughs> three million yeah 3.5 that was the point five. It was right yeah i believe it yeah so what do we think uh i mean we're not, we're not gonna do the word anybody does anyone have a worst actor in the film we don't normally do this. not a worst actor but i will agree that robert hayes probably was yeah i think you said it mike uh, he he was not funny in that dignified way that leslie nielsen yeah. was and that's the sweet spot and that's the stuff that works best in this movie that's what you remember the most when i yeah. think of airplane mm-hmm so yeah, it, a lot of uh, jokes weren't sold on with him. Yeah. Anything else we're not feeling? Nothing. But nothing. Again, I, like I, to list the jokes that didn't work would mean I'd have to sit in here and list every joke that did. It was a hit sure. and miss kind of movie. 
I, I would say that more jokes worked than didn't work for me, and the ones that did work worked like really, really, really well. But I will not say that like across the board they all work. But I think that's kind of the point of a movie like this. Yeah, I mean, for me too. Like, I essentially, in a lot of ways, was watching this for the first time. Like, I don't really have, I don't have a relationship with, it, I don't remember it. So it was interesting to go in, sort of cold and watch it mm-hmm. and sort of form formulate an opinion. But I think history will also totally shape the way you watch something and appreciate something. Of course. Because you think, oh, maybe this Well, that's what this is all about, right? Like, does it still work even knowing everything we know now? Well, should we get to the verdicts, fellas? Let's do it. All right. I'll start. I'll say I saved this because I asked my, my, again, I watch a lot of these movies with my little brothers. And I asked my little brothers, you guys are like born in like, they're 23 years old. How do you guys, like, I feel like their perspective will be even better than mine. Um, And my brothers summed up my thoughts like perfectly my brother alex and he wrote it's witty humor that ages well because of the lack of special effects and an emphasis on perfectly timed jokes and cutaways a pioneer in the comedy world leslie nielsen is obviously the best character but watching it doesn't make me think of an older movie I'm this like, is your you you're one of your twin brothers yeah right and then he wrote but i eat shit so what do i know uh, <laughs> wow <laughs> but i'm like that's he's working I mean, on his own uh, slapstick <laughs> movie right now that's so i feel like that like that pretty much sums up how I feel about the movie. So for better or for worse, I feel like that, like it, it, it's great. And I think for sure it belongs on the pedestal. Interesting. Shaney. If this was a pod about, uh, comedy films that belong on a pedestal for, for sure, I would say it belongs on it for educational purposes alone. I'd recommend everyone to see this comedic film. Uh, you'd learn so much about the origin of so many jokes and you'd, Kind of be like, oh, I know this guy who's been using this joke for years. This is where he got some form of this humor, this joke. So for that, I think this is a great film to watch. As a film, oh no, it's 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 unbearable at times. And I wouldn't even I wouldn't even call this a film. It's just a really a series of jokes. It's just in a, a row. series of jokes in a really yeah, long, that's, that's drawn my, out skit. It's funny that you say that because that's why I love it so much. <laughs> right. Because it is just a like, like I love that someone had the balls to make that kind of. But it's not it's not like Dumb and Dumber where I actually even when I'm not laughing, I'm appreciating it as a film and I actually enjoy the story and I I enjoy it on, on those terms. So, no, I don't think it belongs on the pedestal as a film. Wow. Comes down to me. I just have to point out that we've never had a more serious and emotive moment than when Shane goes, uh, as a comedy, he's like, but as a film, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> he can replay that now in the edit. But the oh no was about, oh, it's no. like a serious, <laughs> <laughs> like a serious said, about comedy, man. <laughs> <laughs> but as a film, oh no. Like, I don't know what that was. That's like when somebody in Jeopardy really blows it and Alex actually de- genuinely kind of, it's a, a mixture of feeling bad, but like it's obvious. It's like devastating. Oh no. Like to even think otherwise, you're a fucking, I feel sour. I feel sorry for you. Um, you know what? I got to say, I, I think Shane, you, you summed it up pretty well that like, if we're talking comedy and the origins of comedy for sure, but as far as a film on, on the pedestal as a, as a great You know, we, we've established before, like, who do we set it up? Like, who would we recommend this film to, necessarily, you know? Is it mm-hmm. a must-see on the list of films? That's for you to decide, Mike. hmm Literally, people are going to maybe listen to this and decide whether they pick it up at the local blockbuster. <laughs> the local blockbuster. This is a real tough one, you know? Because I think you are going to have a laugh. If this is on and you got an hour and 30 minutes to kill, you're going to have a laugh. Because you like, I'll like 
it is revolutionary, but regardless, it has to work as a comedy now. Because yeah. you, if revolutionary does, can't mean, uh, it has to be something, if you watch 2018. Then for that reason, I personally do not think it belongs in the first. <sighs> wow. I thought this was going to be, I 100% thought this was going to cakewalk it in. That being wow. said, the parts that made me laugh Jeez. made me laugh real hard. I am shocked. I 100% thought when we said we were going to do Airplane, I'm like, wow, I'm 100%. This movie's going to, wow. Wow. Well, I'm alone on my island of thinking this is one of the greatest movies of all time, and you both can suck my dick. Well, on that funny note, <laughs> it's time to close the book on that one. My wiener. That was good. <laughs> my wiener. <laughs>